You're listening to Family Pedals, the podcast for people questioning the status quo and getting around a little bit differently. I'm your host, Sarah Copper. Today, Carrie Waldman joins me on the show. He has been riding and working on bikes for most of his life and now shares that passion with his young daughter through their cargo bike adventures. Last year, Carrie created the Cargo Bike Republic Facebook group, which is a judgment-free place for people to ask questions and share inspiration. It's a group for everyone in the cargo biking community, the families who ride them, the companies who create them, and the mechanics who work on them. In the episode, you'll hear more about his own experience biking for transportation and the evolution and growth of the Facebook group. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to Family Pedals. How's it going? It's going great. So I heard about you through this Facebook group that you have created called Cargo Bike Republic. And on the show, so many guests talk about community and how going by bike or doing active transportation connects them more to their community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true in the places where we live, but also being connected to this broader community of families that are biking that you would not meet otherwise. And I think that's something your site really offers is that type of connection and community. And we're going to talk a lot more about that. But first, let's let listeners get to know a little bit more about you and your own history with biking and active transportation. Why don't you start by telling us who you are and where you live and who's in your family? So my name is Kerry Waldman. I'm from Escondido, California, which is a, a small city in the northern part of San Diego. And the rest of the group here is uh, Emily, my wife, and our daughter, Laura, or she's also known as Grom, to many of our friends within the cycling community. And can you share a little bit about how you first started biking for transportation? Oh, man, that's a, that's a long story. How much time do you have? <laughs> you can give us the, the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. So actually, I grew up in uh, rural Pennsylvania, so um, small town type thing, and I've actually been using bikes to get around since I was old enough to go out on my own. There would be summers where we would just load up our bikes with our, our fishing gear and go to some of the local fishing ponds and stuff like that. In the high school, I would just ride around town instead of learning how to drive a car. I didn't get my driver's license until I was 18 hmm. and a senior in high school. Was that pretty unusual in your community? or I was the odd man out. Because I just, I enjoyed riding. It was about that time when I started actually really mountain biking, you know, getting into the nicer bike things and working at a shop. So it kind of just like stuck with it. And then when I joined the military and moved out here to San Diego, I actually didn't have a car. Okay. And I actually had my bike from back at home just shipped out and I just used that to get around for a while until I eventually wanted to move off base and had to get a car so I get around San Diego because San Diego is not really exactly a compact footprint right. of a city or town. So you kind of do need a car for a lot of things, mm -hmm. which is a little unfortunate, but you can make it work. But even then, I would still do like what I call a hybrid commute where I would drive into uh, North Island, which is on the Coronado part of San Diego, park into town, and then basically go from there and ride into work. So I was still able to sneak in those little, little hybrid commutes from time to time. Okay. And then how did that transition look when you had your daughter? Did you get on a bike with her right away? Or is that something that has evolved over the last few years? Well, riding with her has been kind of, that was always priority number one. I have a really big cycling fan within the family. Emily tolerates it. She does it with me every once in a while. 
And when we had a little one, I just knew it was going to be a good way to go out and do stuff with her. So I kind of had plans from the beginning, but didn't really execute anything until we could find a helmet that fit her. Because mm-hmm. it's just, just a personal thing. I've had helmets save my life a few times. Yes. I'm not one of those people who's going to judge you for not wearing one, especially like just getting around town and stuff like that. I understand that, but I've had my run-ins. So I just rather safe than sorry type thing. Yes. And you have to do what feels comfortable for your family. Yeah. So she was about 18 months old. So we started out in a Burley, Burley Encore, and it was fun and everything. But my biggest problem was when we would stop, I'd have to try and find a way to like lean up my bike against something so I can get her out and wrangle her. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't exactly using an inexpensive bike. I was using my nice road bike. So I was like, ah, I'm not too stoked on this. And then we found out about the Yubas just by happenstance on a, an article on, I think, Bike Rumor talking about the monkey bars. And I saw the Yuba. I was like, wow, that's really cool. I showed my wife and everything. That Christmas, I got surprised with the Yuba Mundo. Nice. Took that home, built it up, you know, threw on the peanut shell. This was before the Yep became a thing. And um, we've been riding since. So that was about three and a half, four years ago. We started up, up on the cargo bikes. I love that in your story, so many people talk about how they biked as kids. And then as soon as they could drive, they fell away from biking for transportation. And it's something they've come back to later as an adult. But it sounds like That has really always been a part of your life, just in various forms based on where you're living, that it looks different, but that you've really continued that interest throughout your adult life. Oh, yeah. I used to race mountain bikes and uh, train a lot. I never really got away from bikes like some adults do, Mm -hmm. but I also understood that, hey, it's a cool option to get around places. You know, Emily gets mad at me every once in a while because we're constantly taking our bikes with us on vacations. <laughs> but it's a much more fun way to get around town. You can just park the car wherever you're, wherever you're staying and just use the bikes to get where you need to get. Yes, absolutely. So usually a lot quicker and a lot more fun. <laughs> yes. I went on a big road trip with my mom and my kids last summer. And one thing I kept thinking was, I really miss our bikes. It's just such a great way to explore that. I don't think about because it's such a part of my everyday life. And then when I'm somewhere new, I keep Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I would be seeing this differently or experiencing it differently if I were on bike. Oh, yeah, totally. My last deployment, we uh, pulled into Hawaii for two weeks. We were in Oahu. You're on the ship. You don't have any way to get around except for public transportation or taxi and whatnot. So I actually, it was close to Emily's birthday and her and I ride the same size frame. So I actually made my way to a local bike shop. Found the bike that I liked for her as far as spec-wise and everything, and bought it, and then rode it around Oahu for two weeks and brought it home with me, and that was her birthday present. (laughs) Nice. That is very convenient to have the same frame size as well. That's something that I do not have with my partner. He is much taller than I am, and it does make things a little bit more complicated. (laughs) It makes life easy for us. (laughs) Yes. The only difference is saddle height a little bit, but you deal with that. But it, it gave me a, a great way to go around and see Honolulu and Oahu and Waikiki and all, like, all those areas of the island without mm-hmm. being stuck in traffic, without you're going at the slower pace, you get to look around a lot more and take in the scenery. It was a really fun way to see the island. Yes, that sounds amazing. And one thing you had told me in the email when we were setting this up was about how you had started with a cargo bike and then you got electric assist and how that really changed things for the adventures you and your daughter were able to go on. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit to that? Oh, for sure. That's actually one of the main catalysts behind the uh, the Cargo Bike Republic thing, but we'll get to that. So we had our Mundo and it's a great bike. It rides surprisingly well for a bike that large. Like I had never ridden something like that until we got the Mundo. I hadn't even ridden on a tandem before that. 
so I you know, took it out for the first couple of rides, and it was surprisingly nimble and responsive and everything like that. It was a great bike, but it's heavy. And northern San Diego is not exactly flat. San Diego in general is not exactly flat. So I would just find myself going no further than three, four miles from home, down to the park and home, to the donut shop and home, to the grocery store and home. We weren't really using it to its fullest potential, I felt. And then it was two summers ago, I convinced Emily to let me try an electric assist on the bike. And I did. And it completely transformed the way we used the bike. Using that electric motor to overcome the extra heft of the bike, plus me on, on top of it pedaling, it essentially made the bike ride like a normal road bike or normal mountain bike on the road. Mm-hmm. It just felt a lot lighter, a lot more responsive. You're capable of going further without less effort, without getting tired or feeling like you're, you're hating life. <laughs> uh, so we actually were able to start going to the parks a town over. And then when I started going to Cal State San Marcos, I looked at the price of the parking passes, it was about $350 a semester. Yep. And it was only a seven and a half mile from the house. Half of it is on bike path. And I was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm not going to pay for a parking pass. We're just going to use the Mundo. We have the electric assist. My battery has more than enough range for it. So we're now five semesters into it. And I've only paid, I think, maybe less than $20 for parking on campus. That's amazing. And Laura actually goes to preschool on campus. So she's with me you know, three days a week going to and from campus and going to preschool. And you know, on the off chance that we do have a soggy morning like we do right now here in San Diego, we'll either try and beat the rain to the train station, take the train that stops at campus, or we just take the car over to the train station and hop on the train. Either way, we're still not driving all the way to campus and having to pay for parking or having to deal with the traffic to get between our house and the campus. Right. Well, you said that the electric bike was sort of a catalyst for the Cargo Bike Republic. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to create that community and what that community is for people who may not know about it? Oh, for sure. I wanted to create something that would be easy for people to find and easy for people to come and ask questions, not feel like they were being judged. And beyond that, I wanted to get industry involvement. I wanted to not just have consumers, but I also wanted to have like the guys at Yuba, the guys at Turn are, are hanging out with us. There's a few shop owners and a few shop mechanics that are part of the group as well. I wanted to get it, make it an all-inclusive cycling community, not just one side of the whole talk and not the other side of the whole talk. I want to get everyone involved so we can bounce ideas off of each other. And that inspiration came from one of our trips. We went to Catalina Island off the coast of California here, just kicking in our tent. And I was just thinking it would be really nice to have a place to share cargo bike news and for people to ask questions and do research and find like a one-stop shop mm-hmm. to get the information they need in a package that is easy to find. Because there are other cargo bike groups on Facebook, but a lot of them are owner-specific or the name isn't exactly like cargo bike and it's not the easiest thing to find at first. And I think a lot of them are also location-specific that I've heard a lot of yeah. Chicago family mm-hmm. biking or Vancouver family biking. and. That's great if you live in that area, but there's a lot of people who are interested who aren't living in a metro area where there is a large community of people doing that. So it also seems great for people to be able to find a more general place if there isn't a local one for them. Oh, absolutely. I think we just hit 1,800 members this week, and it's worldwide. I have members from Europe, Asia, uh, South America, the U.S., Canada, 
all over the place. It, it's a really nice place for people to come and they just ask questions. And And the greatest thing about this whole situation is I'm not the one adding content all the time. The members can come on and ask a question. I'll be at work or something. I'll see the post, but I don't have time to, like, to reply or anything like that. And I'll go back later and there's like 30 replies. <laughs> and the person got their answer within five minutes. When I first started it, I had humble expectations. I thought maybe like a couple hundred members. It might end up just being a platform for me sharing pictures of us cargo biking around San Diego. And it would peter out. I did not expect it to gain the popularity it did. And it'd be a really good resource for people. It's, it's quite humbling, actually. Can you talk a little bit about the kind of conversations that go on? Is it a lot of people asking specific gear type questions or about what the best option for their family would be or sharing their own adventures and inspiration? It's actually a little bit of everything. We have the members who like to share the adventures they go on. It's really great to see other families going out and doing bikepacking trips like we do on their cargo bikes, going to the library, going to dinner, going to breakfast, stuff like that. The day-to-day fun you can have on a cargo bike. But then also we have people who are looking to buy a cargo bike and they'll come and they'll tell us their family situation, where they live, what they're looking for. Then we all help as a collective group, try and guide them in their direction that would work best for their situation. And then also we have people ask the two top questions that get asked on the group is uh, what car rack works for a long tail or a cargo bike in general and which e-assist kit works best. Those were the two of the top questions that were part of the reason why the group got started. I wanted to create a place where people can go and ask these questions and people can tell them about real world experience, not assumptions or guesses. I wanted to be like, hey, I have a BBSO2 mid-drive on my long tail with an 11.6 amp hour battery. Here's X mileage I get on a charge. Here's the rest of my gear set up. This is what I have. This is what works for me. So same with the rack. This is the rack that we have. We've been using it for X amount of time. And we've had zero issues with it, transporting the bike on the back of the car. You put a cargo bike on the back of a car, it looks a little funny (laughs) and makes some people a little nervous. Yes. It's it's daily experiences. It's product questions. It's seeking advice for bikes. Even, you know, when's a good time to move the kids out of a yet onto just the deck with the monkey bars or, you know, whatever else they're using or hoopty. So just come and asking the other owners for real world experience. That was goal one. Yes. And being able to crowdsource that and get so many different experiences and replies, because you might know one family who has one specific type of cargo bike, but it's so different. And most of us don't have experience riding six different types of cargo bikes. We have experience riding our Mm -hmm. cargo bike. And so it seems amazing to be able to get feedback from so many different people. That's something I wish we had when we were trying to make these decisions about what was going to be the best thing, because There really was a dearth of information, and it felt like we were stepping out on faith that it would work for us, as opposed to feeling really confident this is definitely the best setup that we could have for our family. Oh, yeah, totally. And that that makes complete sense. When we got the Mundo, I didn't know the Surly Big Dummy existed. I didn't know about the front loaders. There was a whole side of the cargo bike I didn't know about, only because I I only had seen the Mundo Mm -hmm. in an article. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> well, how do you see the group evolving in the next few years, or where do you hope that it goes? I'm hoping it continues to grow like it is, and we can continue to give sound advice and create a non judgmental, helpful environment. 
Uh, what I'm hoping will happen over the next few years is a few more of the manufacturers or the representatives from the companies will come in and dole out advice as well. Ben and his crew at Yuba are really great about answering some of the Yuba specific questions that some of my members have. Mm-hmm. Josh Hahn from Turn and his group over there have actually been really good at answering some questions about the uh, the new GSD, the new cargo bike that they developed. But that's what I'm hoping is the company involvement continues and that the consumers can feel comfortable asking a question there and they'll get a, a pretty good response from somebody who actually probably developed that part. Mm-hmm. Speaking of turning the GSD, actually we were at Interbike this year. Can you just give a really brief overview of Interbike for listeners oh, yeah. who may not know what it is? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> So Interbike is a large trade show for the bike industry to show off the new goods for the year. It's a convention. It's the industry's convention for the year. So this year's Interbike, we went, and I went to the turn booth, and I was like, cool, the GSD. I actually wanted to really look at this bike because there were a lot of people actually asking about it on the group, and I started chatting with one of the guys. I was like, yes, yeah, some guy named Josh commented and said to come by and check this out. The, the rep was like, you mean Josh Hahn, the owner of the company? I was like, I, I guess. <laughs> and he took me over and introduced him and gave us a nice rundown, let us ride the bike. We chatted a bit and it turned out he actually, they got some of their ideas from looking at feedback of people on our group. Mm. They added a few little features. Their integrated foot pegs was one of them. Uh, the yep windows on the, on the rear deck of the bike for the child seat. So it was really cool to, to see that group had a little bit of influence on what they were thinking about with the bike. Yeah, very cool. I also loved how you're talking about the group as a really non-judgmental space, because I think it is something where until you start riding cargo bikes or trying to bike with your kids, it's this whole unknown world. Mm -hmm. And most people haven't been working in a bike shop or biking for most of their lives. And so some questions that might feel obvious are really not. And so to have a space where you can say, hey, I have no idea what this is or what this means or could this possibly work? And to have people with the knowledge ready to teach and help and offer encouragement, I think is so valuable in getting other people excited about cargo biking and actually on cargo bikes. Oh, for sure. It's part of my job working at a shop to not be a jerk. (laughs) Right. And that's what I wanted for the group. I wanted a place where you can come and ask questions. And there's been about, I'd probably say about 20 or so threads on asking about adding e-assist. And the old school forums would be like, oh, use the search button. But instead, here, I don't mind answering the same question 15, 20 times. People have questions, and they, if they don't find it within the first few seconds of scrolling through the group, they're just going to ask because it's easier that way. And that's what we're here for, is just to answer questions and help out. Well, I'm really glad that you took this idea you had and created the group and that it's really thriving. And I hope that that continues to happen and it continues to grow and have more voices included as time goes on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I always end the show with these same few questions, and I would love for you to speak either to your own personal experience, biking with your daughter and as a family, Mm -hmm. or as the leader of the Cargo Bike Republic Group. What have you found to be the biggest challenges? So I think the biggest challenges really for anyone riding for transportation or utilitarian cycling is is trying to find a safe route. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people getting away from the road biking because the vehicle strikes and stuff like that around here. And it's a shame. It's terrible. 
For us, with, with me on the Mundo or, the, or in the Supermarché and with Laura on the back, I'm very confident in my abilities because I've been riding for so long. But not everyone's been riding as long as, as I have or as some of the other cyclists out there and are as comfortable. So I think one of the biggest challenges overall to my members, to even to myself sometimes, like going to a new place, is, is trying to find the safest route. Yes. And I think there's some plans in place with some urban development that's going to address those problems. And hopefully sometime in the future, we'll start seeing the, more of the benefits of using e-bikes and that'll start changing the way cities are planned. But for right now, finding safe routes is one of the biggest, biggest obstacles, I think. Yes, I hear the same and feel the same. As you said, when I go to a new place, it's okay, well, this is where it tells me to go, but how safe is that? What really is the right route? Because mm -hmm. it takes going over those routes yourself and discovering that. And that's a very intimidating prospect if you're also trying to get comfortable on a new cargo bike. And when you have your kids with you, it, yeah. it can feel very overwhelming. Yeah. One example was we went to Sea Otter last year to go hang out with Yuba. Mm -hmm. They invited us up, which I'm super grateful for. It was a really fun weekend. Laura had a blast. I decided since just her and I, we were just going to ride from our hotel, hang out at the booth and ride back every day. That way we didn't have to drive. I just quick mapped it out on Google Maps. saw the quickest route. I was like, all right, cool. That's fine. But on Google Maps, you can't see what the traffic's like, if there's road construction and the elevation profiles and stuff like that aren't very accurate. So there's road construction on one of the roads heading out there. Another one didn't have a bike lane. <laughs> you had to turn left. And then once you get into the race course area itself is very, very hilly. But it's, it's one of those things like if you're new to it, that'd be super intimidating. Yes. And it'd probably discourage you from trying to do that again. Definitely. Well, on the more positive side, what have you found to be the biggest benefits? Well, the fact that I've saved, we're at what, five semesters... About $1,700 in parking fees. That's a pretty good benefit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in, all, in all fairness, I got rolled back into bikes anyway. <laughs> it's, it's been really great because it's, it's hard to pin down one benefit. Laura absolutely loves going on, on the bike. There hasn't been mornings where we had to fight with her to get on. She actually prefers using the bike. We were going over to, to her school before the fall semester started this year to figure out what classroom she was in. Mm -hmm. And we were doing it in conjunction with some other errands out towards the coast. So we, were, we weren't going to ride over. We were going to actually just drive. And she actually got upset that we weren't riding to school. Now, her expectation is to get on the bike and we're going to go to school or the train. It goes, bike is number one, train is number two for her. She, she loves both of those. And now that she's actually learning how to ride a two-wheel bike herself, has actually been her. She started last Saturday and she's actually wanted to ride every single day since. It's been great. I'm beyond stoked. It's normalized bikes for her. It's normalized bikes as transportation. And she doesn't see them as just a toy. It's, it's a way for her to get around. She started out on the, uh, the Yuba flip-flop. Mm -hmm. Before that, she wanted nothing to do with balance bikes. She wanted her little 12-inch bike with, with training wheels because she always saw me pedaling. Mm. But when we got to the booth and she saw the flip-flop, it had the basket and the panniers on it. And she's like, Daddy, it's like your bike. I was like, yeah. And she just instantly fell in love. And that little bike was like her little training tool for the last 11 months until she finally decided she wanted to try her pedal bike. So like I said, it's been normalized for her. She knows that we can go places by bike. We don't have to get in the car all the time. And it's a much more fun way to do things. Yeah. And empowering for kids to be able to get somewhere on their own steam that normally if you're oh, yeah. driving everywhere, you're not able to do that on your own until you're 16. But with biking, you can mm -hmm. start to do that much younger. And 
watching my kids learn to ride a bike has been one of the most fun parenting milestones for me. I didn't imagine it would be, but it was so fun to be biking together. It was this different kind of satisfaction and enjoyment of seeing him be so proud to be going on his own. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's been like for us. Like I said, it's only been a week. (laughs) She's asked to go ride every single day. Here in San Diego, we have a place called Liberty Station, which is the old San Diego Navy boot camp. Mm -hmm. And they turned it into a a big park. And then there's like a little place called the Liberty Public Market. And you can actually ride from one end of the park to the food court and back. And it's about a mile and a half each way. And she actually did that with me on Tuesday this week. And she rode from tip to tail with a little stop at the playground in the middle. And we got lunch. And we rode all the way back to the car. And she was just so beside herself that she was so proud that she made it the whole way and everything like that. It was great to see. That sounds like so much fun. Well, my final question is about what advice you would offer to people who are looking at family biking. So if someone came onto the site and said, hey, I'm curious about this, don't have any information about how to get started, Mm -hmm. what would you tell them? Do your research. Figure out what is going to be the best fit for your family. When someone asks me about any bikes... My first question is always budget. You always have to consider your budget. That's going to help you steer in the direction you need to go. If you have it in your budget to do it right away, I would seriously look at looking into an, uh, an integrated e-assist cargo bike just right from the get-go. It's going to be one of the best options that if you're actually trying to look to these cargo bikes to replace a car, it's a great way to start. But if it's not in your budget, you want to see how things go. There's a plenty of options in the lower budget. Just do your planning, do your research, come on to our group or any other group, someone you know who cargo bikes, who does utilitarian cycling, stuff like that. Just ask them questions. Some people are afraid to ask questions. Don't. Just ask questions. Get those answers. Get those responses. I personally would also suggest seeking out a local bike shop to work with, too. I know Consumer Direct is becoming more and more popular and everything, but it's really hard to replace the experience and knowledge you can get from a shop. All the companies, they have great sales reps that can answer questions. That's great on like a, a general basis, but your local bike shop can give you ideas based on your, your local area. And that's a place where you can go and build a rapport with the mechanics and the sales staff. So if you do have problems, you can go back to them and ask them questions or warranty work, repair work, stuff like that. Yes. And getting to build that relationship with them where they know your family, they know your needs, that they can speak to your specific situation mm-hmm. is invaluable, really. Oh, it's huge. Well, I've already pointed several people in your direction of the Facebook group when people ask me questions about what would be the best fit for them. I can say what's worked for us, but we have a really specific experience, but I can't speak to all these other things. Exactly. It really is an amazing resource, and I'm just really thankful that you created it and Thank you. I'm looking forward to watching as it grows and develops over the next few years. You and me both. I'm I'm curious to see where this is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you start something, it's kind of out of your hands in some ways to takes on a life of its own in a good way. It really did. I wasn't expecting it. It's, when people ask to join the group, I ask them two questions. I ask them how they heard about the group and what they expect to get out of it. That's mostly to sort out the robots and fake profiles. So if anyone asks to join after this, that's why the questions are there. I've actually seen quite a few that have cited your podcast as the reason that where they heard about it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I hope we can continue to work together. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, why don't you share with listeners how they can follow your own family's adventures and how they can get connected with the Facebook group? So my own personal Instagram is Adventures with Grom. So it's ADV underscore W underscore G-R-O-M. Um, that's where I basically just flood it with a bunch of pictures of the stuff that we do as a family because it was a lot better than just polluting my own Facebook page like I was up to that point. <laughs> and then the group, you can just go on Facebook and go in the search bar and just type in Cargo Bike Republic and we'll pop right up. Our Instagram handle is uh, Cargo Bike Republic, one word. So that's I'm still trying to to bring that one around because all I have are Yuba pictures to post and there's more of the Cargo Bike Republic than just my own pictures. So I got I to gotta try and figure out how to work that one out a little bit better. All right. Well, I'll be sure to link to all of those. So if you go to the show notes, you can find all the ways to connect with Carrie and Cargo Bike Republic. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to check out the Cargo Bike Republic Facebook group and share it with others. As you now know, it is an amazing resource for anyone interested in biking as a family. If you enjoyed the show, I would so appreciate if you could share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps support the show and expands its reach. Next time, I'll have another conversation about the ins and outs of getting around without a car. I hope you'll join me then.